Well, good morning again. So there you are, sitting at home, maybe on the couch, maybe still in bed with a cup of coffee or tea. Maybe you got dressed, maybe you're at a dining room table. But the point is, there you are, sitting at home, waiting. So let me ask, how are you doing in the middle of all of this? Uh, if you're anything like me, that's an interesting question nowadays, isn't it? Uh, one day I'm up, I feel fine, I'm happy, things are okay. Another day, I'm not so great. Uh, I'm, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I'm concerned over what's going on. How are you doing? You know, it used to be such a common question, hey, how's it going? Uh, and we would always get the standard answer, oh, I'm fine. But nowadays, I find myself both asking that question more often and answering the question more often. How are you answering that question? How are you doing? Maybe you're still doing the good old faithful, no, I'm fine, thanks, how about you? Maybe you're being a, a little more honest and saying, well, some days are our challenge. Or maybe you're, like so many, saying, well, I'm just surviving. How are you doing in all of this? You know what, maybe you're even finding that question really difficult to answer because you don't know how you're really feeling and doing. One moment it's up, one moment it's down. One moment we're fine, another moment we're not so fine. So how do we answer that question? How are you doing in the middle of all of this? Isn't it fascinating how in just a few short months, everything seems to have changed so much. Uh, things that we would never have dreamed possible are now the new normal. As a, a humorous aside, I never thought I would see the day where you could walk into a bank with your face masked and ask for money. Now, it's almost the only way you can get in to the bank. We live in a strange time indeed. And of course, adding to the actual uh, anxiety that we feel, adding to everything going on around us, is the pandemic, the coronavirus itself. I heard somebody talking about how it's more like Schrodinger's virus nowadays. And of course, hopefully you know about Schrodinger's cat. If you don't, Google it. It's an interesting thought. But I heard this person talking about Schrodinger's virus. Uh, and he went on to say that we have to live as though we have the virus and at the same time live in such a way as though we don't want to get the virus. Is it any wonder why people are anxious? why people are concerned, why people are questioning and confused and frustrated in the middle of all of this. So I go back to my opening question. How are you doing in the middle of all of this? You know, I, I, you might be like me, kind of thinking, bring back the good old days of 2019 when we knew what was going on. Maybe you're anxious. And maybe you already know that. You know you're anxious because really there is so much to be anxious about right now. It started off being anxious about toilet paper, 
But now that is just a laughable joke compared to the real anxiety and the real causes for anxiety. For many of us, it's the anxiety over our employment, over income. For many of us, there's anxiety on our own well-being and our own health. For some of us, there's the anxiety of loved ones and family members and their health and what they're going through and how they're dealing and processing this pandemic. There's so much for us to truly be anxious and concerned about. Now, of course, as I've been saying all of that, you could be a, a good old-fashioned, perhaps an old-fashioned manly man. And you might be going, well, I'm not anxious about anything. Is that really true? Uh, maybe you feel that way. But if you're currently prone to angry outbursts or impatience with family, if you're self-medicating with day drinking or other distractions to take away the concerns, my friend, I would encourage you to rethink that position. As they say admission is the first step to recovery. Maybe you need to join in with the rest of us and acknowledge that we're anxious and we're concerned and we need help and hope in the middle of all of this. Over these next two weeks, this morning and next week, that's exactly what I want to look at. And I want to answer for each one of us, for you and for me. How can you have hope in the middle of all of this? It's going to be a two-part series today and next Sunday. Today, I want to talk about how to kick anxiety in the butt. Now, I know I could have gone with the vanilla title of dealing with anxiety, but we're so far beyond that in this world and everything we're going through right now. I think you and I would far rather kick anxiety in the butt. And that's what I want to deal with today. And then next week, I want to talk about how to be hopeful without being clueless. How to be hopeful without being clueless. And it is my prayer, it is my desire that this week and next week, as they go together and as they dovetail together, would truly help you figure out how you can have hope in the middle of all of this. So let's dive right in and talk about how to kick anxiety in the butt. But before I do that, I need to first answer the question, what is anxiety? You know, the psalmist writes in Psalm 139 and verse 23, he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Let me Test me, sorry, and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, God. Search my heart. Test me. And let me know my anxious thoughts. You know, that, that word translated there for anxious, both anxiety and anxious in the Hebrew, comes from the word saif. And saif really just means disquieting thoughts. But the interesting thing about saif is it has a root word that that word is built from. And the root word is sa'ef. And sa'ef means divided or pulled apart. And isn't that such a beautiful picture of anxiety? Often when we experience anxiety, when we experience concern, it feels like we're being pulled apart, pulled in different directions and how to process, how to deal, how to respond. Pulled apart. What is that concern that might be pulling you apart this morning? I'm sure you, like me, 
have these moments in your days. You know, I, I work from home right now, and just like so many out there, as I work from home, my wife is working from home, and so are my children. And so in one regard, I want to still maintain integrity and a, a good work standard and a, a kind of ethical position on making sure I'm working hard. But at the same time, my children are there and they need my help and they need me to kind of be a part of what they're doing and helping the computer and their Zoom meetings and all that sort of stuff. And so I feel pulled between what I think I'm supposed to do and the other side, what I think I'm supposed to do. I know some of you share that same experience at the moment. How do we respond? You know, the dictionary defines anxiety or anxiousness as follows. It says, full of mental distress or uneasiness because of fear or danger, uh, greatly worried, earnest but tense desire or eagerness. So if that's anxiety, that sense of, uh, of unease, that sense of being pulled apart, that sense of earnest eagerness in, in what's taking place, well, what then causes anxiety? First off, I want to remind you this morning, God himself is a God of peace and a God of love. He doesn't cause anxiety. He doesn't create anxiety for you. God always invites us to experience his presence in the midst of what we're going through, to experience his love and his peace. But just as God created all of our emotions and they're all good and necessary to help us, so we find this anxiety in the middle of the experiences we go through. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells the young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, he says to Timothy, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of being able to deal with whatever comes at us when we know how to deal with it and when we know in whom to deal with it. You and I could feel anxiety in all sorts of experiences, both the good ones and the bad ones. You know, when I talk about positive or good life experiences that might lead to anxiety, think about a child, uh, perhaps a child going to play their first sports match. And there's that anxiety of wanting to perform and wanting to do well in, in this new experience. Think of a young man uh, about to propose to his love. There's anxiety in the middle of this great experience. Or what about a woman as she's about to give birth to her child? There's anxiety in the middle of what's about to take place, even though we know it's a positive experience that leads to life. There are good things that cause anxiety. But at the same time, there are those negative life experiences that are prone to cause anxiety for us. Right now, as I talk to people and, and hear and feel that it, that anxiety over maybe losing a job, losing their source of income and employment. There are those who face uncertain health issues and the anxiety of, of not knowing where their health might be. And of course, those who deal with the anxiety of conflict in family. And, and these are painful, negative experiences. So what causes anxiety? I could probably sum it up by saying anything and everything has the potential to cause anxiety for you and for me. But at its core, 
At the root, at the heart of the issue in anxiety, I believe anxiety reflects for us or it shows for us the lack of control in a circumstance. Not knowing the outcome of what's about to happen, not being in control, and this leads to anxiety. Uh, the writer to the Proverbs, or Proverbs 12, verse 25, says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And the reality is that unchecked, unmanaged anxiety impacts us. It impacts us physically, it impacts us emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. We need to learn how to kick anxiety in the butt so that it doesn't have that influence and that impact over our lives. We might find health challenges. Anxiety leads to poor health challenges. We find loss of sleep, loss of appetite, ulcers, stress, all sorts of physical ailments that manifest because of anxiety. We might lose focus on what's in front of us in the middle of that anxiety. We lose focus on the work that we get to do right now because we're concerned about something coming. We lose focus of the family right in front of us that needs our love. We lose focus of neighbors and friends and a community in need of our love and our care and our support. Maybe we even lose focus of a world in need of hope and help that we can give as we get distracted and as we get pulled apart by anxiety. You know, anxiety robs us of the present. It robs us of the here and now as we focus on what could or could not happen. It pulls us apart. It divides our minds as it causes distraction. It tries to pull us in multiple directions. Anxiety slows our productivity. If you've ever sat at a desk needing to do something, needing to produce something or write something or fill something in, whatever the case might be, if you've been there but your mind is concerned and caring about something completely different, it takes away that productivity. It takes away just the simplest of tasks. And of course, anxiety takes away our peace and our joy. God does not want us to live this way. I'm reminded of Jesus' words in John 10, verse 10. Such a well-known verse, but in, in John 10, verse 10, Jesus says simply, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. God is not the author of anxiety. Jesus doesn't want us to live with anxiety and in that place of anxiety because he's come to give us life. It's only the thief that wants to rob us, to steal from us, and indeed, if possible, to kill us. So how should or how could we kick anxiety in the butt? You know, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, Jesus gives this incredible recipe for avoiding anxiety and avoiding worry. In those few verses of Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34, Jesus utters the words, do not be anxious or do not worry three times in just a short space of verses. Jesus reminds us that ultimately we're not in control in the first place. We therefore need to learn to trust him. As I said a moment ago, Anxiety is the product of not being in control. Or anxiety is caused because we don't know the outcome. 
<laughs> My friends, we will never truly be in control and never truly know the outcome. I suspect this pandemic, one of the reasons why it's causing such concern and so much anxiety is because it's reminding us. It's showing us a truth that we don't want to acknowledge. And that truth is simply, we're not in control. We don't know the outcome. And so Jesus says to his disciples, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. Trust me. I am in control. I know what's going on. Put your hope and your faith in me. Now, of course, as an aside, as I talk about this and as, as I talk about kicking anxiety in the butt, I know that for some of you watching right now, you may well indeed have a, a far more serious case of anxiety, perhaps even a clinically diagnosed anxiety. As much as I believe that scripture has the answer and I want you to come in this journey with us, I would encourage you, don't do that alone. Get help, get counseling, journey with somebody that can help you process how to truly kick anxiety in the butt. So why? If we're all in the same boat, if we're all in that same boat of not being in control, why is it that some people seem to live with less anxiety? Why do they seem less stressed or, or less impacted. They seem to have this peace, this joy, the sense of it's okay because we're not in control and, and that's fine. Why do they live like that when others just seem so racked by anxiety? Now the answer is less simplistic than what I might accidentally make it out to be today and next week. But I do believe that a significant cause or a significant factor for finding peace and kicking anxiety has to do with our foundations. And I want to illustrate it with this picture of the house that you've been staring at for the last couple of minutes. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I used this drawing up on stage as I preached. And I used the illustration to say that this house illustrates you. You are the house. How do we deal with anxiety? Well, if you and I are like a house, what is it that causes a house to stand or to fall? At the end of the day, it's its foundation. A house needs a solid, firm and secure foundation for it to be built and for it to stand and weather the storms. A house that has a weak foundation is a house that is prone to collapse. Up until a couple of months ago, it might be that your foundation or your identity has been wrapped up on something completely superfluous, something trivial. Maybe your identity and your foundation was wrapped up in your career. Maybe it was wrapped up in your status, in your health, in your wealth, in your looks. Maybe your identity was wrapped up in a relationship. Or, or whatever it was, it was these external markers of identity. And right now, in this time of social distancing, of isolation, of not being at work or working from home, so many of those identity markers or those foundations have been completely destroyed. And for many people, this house is tumbling down. We need to build on a firm foundation. 
If I want to kick anxiety in the butt, it starts at the foundation. You know, Jesus tells this parable in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. And in this well-known parable, he talks about a foolish builder and a wise builder. And it's such a beautiful, short little parable. Because the foolish builder is the builder who builds his house, but he builds it on sand. There's no foundation on which to build. And so when the weather changes, when the storms come, and they beat against that house because there's no foundation, the house collapses. The wise builder, Jesus says, the wise builder is the builder who builds his house on the rock, on a firm, secure foundation that cannot be shaken. And, and the same storms come, the same weather changes. And as that house is beat upon by the weather and the storms, it stands because its foundation is secure. And Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So how do we kick anxiety in the butt? We listen to Jesus' words and we put them into practice. How? Do we listen to Jesus' words? And how do we put them into practice? Well, we spend time in Jesus' words. We spend time in the word. Reading, meditating, praying on and praying through the scriptures. Listening to Jesus speak to us from the pages of scripture. And as we meditate on his words... What did Jesus say? The wise builder is the one who hears these words and puts them into practice. So we don't just hear them, we do them. We live out what Jesus calls us to do. And as we meditate on them, as we pray on them, I'm reminded of Paul writing to the church in Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let me ask that opening question. How are you doing in the middle of all of this? If you want to answer that question with the experience of peace and joy, then might I suggest you begin today by kicking anxiety out, by listening to Jesus' words and putting them into practice. My friends, if we would listen to those words of Jesus, if we would put them into practice, we would very quickly realize and see our God is a good God, a God of love, who longs to be with us in the middle of the experiences we go through. I said it two or three weeks ago that God never promises to take away painful experiences. God never promises to take away those things that might lead to anxiety. But you know what God always promises? He promises to be with us in the middle of that place. And he promises to bring his presence and to give us his peace. You want to kick anxiety 
that begin with the foundation in Jesus Christ. Find your identity in him. Let's pray together. Jesus, this morning we marvel at your words to us, at at your teaching to us. We're reminded that as we look at the world around us and we see things so far outside of our control taking place, we're reminded that we were never in control in the first place. And so, God, we pray, I pray, help us to overcome anxiety, not by some self-help method, not by some self-medicating method, But let us overcome anxiety. Let us kick anxiety out. Indeed, by building on that solid rock of Jesus Christ. By allowing our identity to be shaped by Christ. Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, would you help us to hear your words and to put them into practice. And so that in those moments when anxiety comes, we would listen to Paul and Instead of being anxious, we would go back to you. We would pray and we would trust you. Oh, Jesus, would you help us for your kingdom and for your glory and for the sake of the world around us in need of peace. And may this be for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you as you go out this week. Now, I know I'm about to sound like a million other YouTube channels out there, but I genuinely believe as you look at dealing with anxiety and finding hope in the middle of all of this, if this message has helped you in some small way, why don't you go ahead and share it on whatever social media platform you're on so that somebody else can find peace, not in Brian, not in my words, but they can find peace in the presence of anxiety, in the only one who promises to give peace, and that's in Jesus Christ. And may the Lord bless you this week.